Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 181. We're recording this live in the afternoon of May 9th, 2014. That is a Friday afternoon. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.com. TV, home of everything you need to know about how to build your business in the mobile space. With me, as usual, for 181 consecutive weeks, it is Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association back in Toronto, hot off a plane and ready to go. Literally right off a plane. You just Literally got, right yeah, off the plane. Literally yeah. right off a plane, yeah. And into the seat. You race home and into the seat. Ladies and gentlemen. That's how we do it. That's how we roll. For those of you who are watching, this is what Asif looks like after he's traveled. Yeah. Where were you, man? Look at that. No, uh, I was in Atlanta uh, at the BIA Kelsey Leading and Local Conference. Uh, great agenda, great speakers. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a fun event. Got got to meet uh, some some really interesting people. Some of them will be guests on the show in the next few weeks. So uh, stick around. Yes. Look yes. forward to that. Uh, what's coming up for you guys at the Location Based Marketing Association in the coming weeks? Well, we got uh, a few exciting events. Uh, so starting next week on the 13th, uh, I'll be in Madrid uh, for the Solomo Summit. Uh, that that's sucks. Be phenomenal. That's going to be a great event. That sucks. Um, Who wants to go there? <laughs> it's warm. Who wants to go there? Um, so that's good. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, May 13th, Solomo Summit in Madrid. If you're there or you can get there, please come. Uh, uh, it's on our website, discount codes, whatever you need. Uh, we want to see you in Madrid. How about a flight uh, ticket? I'll take a plane ticket. How's that? Yeah. I'll come yeah, and visit you. Yeah. Uh, and then um, June the 4th is an exciting day because it's the official launch of the LBMA in Chicago. We've done stuff there before, but this is the formal launch of a new chapter uh, for the LBMA in Chicago. So excited about that. We've got some great speakers, including... I inside TPN retails hosting it, uh, so retail uh, agency Crate and Barrels on the panel, uh, so that'll be uh, cool. Uh, they're based there in, in in Chicago, so yeah, it'll it'll be uh, it'll be a good event. I'm excited about it. And then um, a couple weeks later, on the 18th, June 18th, uh, is the LBMA New York event uh, focused on luxury retail, the one that we postponed. Uh, from this month, uh, so that's uh, been rescheduled to June 18th. So if you're in New York, hope to see you there. That's it? That's all you got? I won't be there, but but you should be there. <laughs> well, I have one small thing that's coming up on May 22nd in Amsterdam, the mobile convention Amsterdam. You go to mobileconventionamsterdam.nl. I will be speaking about mobile payments. You can come and check that out. I will be there that whole day. I will be actually hosting that mobile payments component of mobile convention Amsterdam. So please, if you can make it out, mobileconventionamsterdam.nl, May 22nd. And if you're in there, reach out to me, Rob, at untether.tv. If you're going to be there, let's connect. Uh, so just send me an email, and I will, uh, I'll meet up with you. Do some stuff. Do it. Yeah. He's a good guy. You should do it. This guy. This guy's a good guy. Well, we have a uh, an awesome show uh, again for you. Ten great stories. We're going to di uh, dive into some very specific things, some concepts that these ten stories are uh, actually bringing up. We're going to get a little bit, uh, a little bit upper a little bit we're not going to go too much in the details we're going to look at concept and make sure you understand what all of these stories mean we've got a great resource uh that is going to be at the end of the show and uh that's about it ready to roll what, what say you asif should we jump into the news let's do it all right let's go you're up first story all right. 
Yeah, our first story uh, is about our good friends at Digby, Digby Mobile uh, down in uh, Texas. Uh, you know, we've done a lot, and we talked a lot about these guys over, over the uh, the last few years. And hey, they must have done something right because they got acquired uh, this week by a company called Funware in Austin. Uh, that's P H U N W A R E Funware. Um, and yeah, I, I think this is an interesting deal. Funware is a uh, company that um, has a something called a multi-screen as a service platform. So, uh, you know, fully integrated platform. Um, you know, that brand a lot of brands have been using for sort of looking at you know sort of their, their whole ad delivery across multiple screens, as as it implies. And Digby's obviously uh, you know their location point platform. We've talked about that for a number of times on the show. Um, you know, and they've got ph- phenomenal customers: Cabela's, Kohl's, uh, Hasbro. So this, I think, this is a good marriage. Uh, two local companies coming together to be one bigger company. Uh, probably have some common investors and things like that. So um, yeah, Funware acquires Digby Mobile. Our second story, uh, just a little bit of an update, really, about uh, YP. Uh, you know, Yellow Pages, back in the day, back in January, bought a company called Sense Networks in order to bolster its mobile ad targeting capability. Well, now they are forming the core of that Sense Networks team, and they've formed this thing called the Mobile Labs, YP Mobile Labs. And its mandate is to develop new ad products and help optimize campaigns on the company's mobile platforms. So it's got a, a you know, it employs a group of about a dozen engineers and computer scientists, um, and they are building ad technologies tied to behavior, location, bid strategy, inventory modeling, and optimizing key performance indicators, which are KPIs. That's that's what they're called, KPIs, in case you didn't, didn't know. Why do this? Well, they have to focus on their existing customers, those folks that are already advertising in YP's mobile site and apps, which are these small and medium-sized businesses. So this makes absolute sense that they would actually refocus this. And it's taken a little bit of time, I'd say, to be able to bring this acquisition online like this, but probably makes sense from a business standpoint. So this is YP really actually actioning on their Sense Network uh, acquisition, and they formed the YP Mobile Labs. You can find out a bit more information if you want to. Just go to yp.com forward slash mobile forward slash labs. There you go. All right, our third story. Uh, is about two of our favorite companies, uh, Rob's favorite company, Amazon, and one of my favorite companies, Twitter, uh, coming together to do some really interesting stuff. So basically, they've launched a, a service uh, where you can use a hashtag to make a purchase directly through Twitter, a purchase on Amazon, that is, uh, directly through Twitter. Uh, and so the uh, there's two hashtags around this in, in, in North America. Uh, you use a hashtag called Amazon Cart. And in the UK, you use a hashtag called Amazon Basket, uh, and it really this is about you know uh, empowering people to, uh, as I said, to purchase products on Amazon without ever leaving the Twitter uh, environment. Um, so we'll talk more about this uh, on the flip side, uh, but uh, I, I think this is really interesting um, and, and has a lot of potential. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. Amazon hashtag purchases via Twitter. That's great. I- Fascinating. Big conversation around social commerce at the end of the show. Stick around for mm-hmm. that. All right, our fourth story. This is a uh, an interesting play here, and I'll give you an, a reason why in a second. But with the new Google Maps update, which uh, you probably have all downloaded by now, it comes integrated with Uber. Now, if you already have the Uber app on your phone, it will be able to actually show you on a map. Uh, the uh, It'll be able to compare the Uber ride times versus walking times versus public transportation and other driving mechanisms uh, within Google Maps. So you'll see that all inside of Google Maps, which is really cool. 
So if you want to then choose an Uber ride, you can just click on that, uh, you know, whatever the indication little uh, icon is for Uber, and it will launch the Uber app. There's no native integration here, so that there's no way you can actually order right from Google Maps, but it'll launch you, it'll kick you out into the app, and, and uh, then you can go from there. Uh, so it's really interesting. The big thing that I find, this big story here, is that, hey, guess who backed Uber? Oh, Google Ventures. Well, yeah, oh. that little company, Google Ventures. Yeah. And guess who's guess who's not charging Uber to be featured in the Google Maps? Oh, Google. Oh, and guess who's not getting a kickback from any referral fees? Oh, Google. This is anti-competitive, and we can talk yeah. about this all we want. But this is the power that Google has. This basically alienates all the other ride-sharing companies, and you can't say that this is at arm's length. So we'll talk about this a little bit later. But I am. This is going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Our uh, our fifth story uh, is about an app called Road ID. R O A D I D. Um, and this is basically a uh, an app that's for people who are into cycling. Uh, you know, tells them about uh, records. You know, their routes and uh, you know where their friends are, and kind of sends updates to their friends so they can track them. You know, while they're wherever they are on their cycling uh, expedition. Uh, it's got a feature called eCrumb, uh, where basically it's it's pushing these notifications out to people who care about where you are while you're out on your cycling venture, um, and you can push these via email, text. Uh, you know, you can choose your contacts. They can watch you in real time. It's, a, it's basically a location tracking feature for cyclists. Um, you you know, my quick comment on this is is uh, why uh, <laughs> you know uh, why do we need an app uh, to do this? We have wearable devices that can do this today um, and I would think a lot of these cyclists wear those wearable devices um, that do all of the same kind of tracking because it says oh we can track sta when you're stationary we can track when you're moving how fast that's what a wearable does um, so I'm not sure why we need an app for this but anyhow there is if one. you're a cyclist and you want to check this thing out go check out Road ID and if you are a cyclist and you use it why not let us know why you use it compared to something else yeah reach out to us that's a good way to do it right We'll figure Ooh. that out. All right, here we go. Our sixth story. You know, this is a really interesting. It's about a company called PairUp, and its whole mandate is to link restaurants' excess food and groceries' excess food to buyers. And this is a fascinating thing. Did you know $165 billion for the food is wasted each and every year? So these guys are not launched yet, but this app aims to connect hungry consumers, which is me all the time, uh, with excess restaurant and grocery food store at discounted prices. Now, the app, which is still under development, will be free for the user, will be free for uh, to download by the retailer, and it will list have an inventory of products from participating retailers and restaurants and, um, and grocery stores. Each day, the retailer will plug in how many excess items they have and the price, which will be a huge discount, and the time that it will be available at that price. So it will really, 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 hopefully, you know, make sure that we don't throw away all of this food at the end of the day. So they'll go into the store, they'll buy it, uh, and uh, PairUp's revenue model is taking a percentage of that transaction. So it's free everywhere except for all that, everything that's sold, they'll get a piece of sale. If you want a little bit of information, you can go to PairUp.com, P-A-R-E-Up.com. And we are going to be talking about this in our roundup of the bigger stories. And we're going to be talking about this because this is right in our bailiwick of excess inventory, which is pretty cool. There you go. Okay. Our seventh story uh, comes from the UK and one of our, our great uh, retailers uh, over there, uh, Selfridges. 
Uh, and they've launched something called the Fragrance Lab. Uh, I love this, uh, this campaign. So basically what it is, is it's an audio guided scent journey uh, designed to highlight the beauty of each person's individual scent. And so uh, it's part of a, a, a bigger campaign uh, that they call the Beauty Project that's running for six weeks. Uh, and basically what you do is, is you take a 15 minute long journey, a walk, uh, through through this part of the Selfridges store, it's made to look like a lab, you know, with people wearing lab coats and all this kind of stuff. They hand you an iPad, they take you through a survey, multiple choice questions to try and understand your personality and things like that. Um, they give you a set of headphones um, that you know takes leads you through this audio tour, uh, and you walk through different spaces and, and you're smelling, you know, uh, pleasant things. You're smelling unpleasant things. Uh, you know, in between each experience, you, you, they they hit you with uh, coffee beans to cleanse your, uh, you, you know, your uh, your nose, uh, you know, so that you can move on to the next scent. Um, and uh, and then at the end of this whole thing, you know, based on on this profile and what they've determined about you. And the data that they've collected, they actually give you a customized scent uh, that's been made just for you. Um, and the best part of this is you actually uh, you pay for this experience uh, to go through <laughs> all of this. So uh, it, it runs until uh, June 27th. The tickets are 65 pounds uh, sterling. Wow. And, and, and that includes the 50 mil, mil, milliliter bottle. Uh, of your signature scent that you get at the end of this, I love it, and 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 not just the technology and and so the whole experience part, but 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 just that it's you know we talk all the time on the show about what retailers need to do to you know fight showrooming and do these things. It, it's about you know a whole a reason, an experiential you know opportunity to drive people to a store and take them through something that you can't buy on Amazon. It's very cool that experience. So as much as you can now buy, you know, via Twitter on Amazon, you can't buy this. You can't buy this experience. And my signature scent would be Journey to the Journey. Gym. Something with Springsteen. Journey to the Gym. Yeah. It would be like sweaty, <laughs> sweaty sock. It's yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying uh, that's what I smell like. That would just be. Like, so there you go. So that's uh, Selfridges, and it's called again the Fragrance Lab. That's pretty cool. That is a great way to showcase how stores can create experiences for their customers. Awesome. Uh, and th our next story won't rival that no. at all. But it's pretty cool because we talk a lot about mesh networks. We talk a lot about this kind of Internet of Things and connected devices. And here's a company called Rovada, and it has been awarded a patent on peer-to-peer -peer location services. And this is a, um, a method to determine the location of mobile devices that does not rely on GPS-based or network-based location technology, which is really cool. So it actually allows uh, nearby mobile devices triangulate off of one another, taking advantage of all the kind of stuff that we have in the devices, the accelerometers, uh, other means of activity, other means of things like like um, Bluetooth and and uh, and certainly Wi-Fi to allow it to build this little mesh network of distance based on each other, hopping off of each other. Mm -hmm. This is a classic case of, of mesh networks. Even when you go a little bit further, is that say that there is a far, far, far point that has no connectivity to the internet, no LTE, no nothing, no cellular signal. It could hop back and send packets of data across that network to a uh, to a device that actually has connectivity, so it could shoot it out. It's very cool. This is originally uh, uh, created by uh, Clint Smith, who uh, it was an active firefighter, and he built this with that in mind. But obviously, there's a whole bunch of uses for this around. Uh, you know, this is, this is what I would consider a nascent mesh network, a localized mesh mesh network. Pretty cool. Yeah, I think this this is uh, amazing stuff. Um, and, and as you said, that you know that in situations where you just don't have connectivity and things yeah. like that, I mean, and being able to to, to use location and, and and potentially messaging 
layered on top of that, you know, from an advertiser's point of view, I, I'm excited by this because I, I, you know, when I read this story and I kind of pulled it out, I, I looked at it and went, you know, I, I think about all these, uh, you know, all these advertisers and these brands, you know, in subways underground. Yeah. Um, you know, where there's no Wi-Fi, there's Nothing. no connectivity, and what if we could, you know, you know, use that, to, you know, this kind of technology to kind of as a as a platform with a push messaging layer on top of it to actually engage people while they're in that high dwell time sitting on a subway, right? Um, this this know, really this really fits well with with iBeacon and the whole concept that everybody's iOS device is a beacon mm. unto itself, right? So yeah. I, I believe that you know Apple is trying to blanket the world with a mesh network that circumvents the carriers and and allows this kind of club of 380 million iOS users to leverage each other to get messages out through that network, like Skype, yeah. right? I think that it's it's or, or BitTorrent for, for sure. Um, and this so, is very cool. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so it, guys, if you're listening, the Rivada guys, we we've got all those advertisers and yeah. those subway companies and and transit authorities. We'd love to talk to you about doing something with that um, if you're interested. So anyhow, Rivada. Rivada.com. R-I-V-A-D-A.com. Very cool. Okay, our ninth story. This one I, I really like, uh, and, and you know, I partly pulled it out because I'm on my way to Spain uh, next week, and so this this comes. Really, Asif, I didn't know you were going to Spain. Not at all. You didn't. You didn't. Oh yeah, sorry about Son that. Um, anyhow, uh, so so it's an app, uh, iOS app, iOS only called Second Canvas, uh, and it, it's uh, being utilized by the Museo del Prado uh, in Spain. So it's uh, you know an art museum there, uh, one of the big ones. Um, and, and they did this with a company called Mad Pixel, is the company that built this. And really, what this is is about helping people, um, you know, be able to, you know, truly experience some of the, the world's great artworks uh, in a way that's never been possible before. Because when you go into some of these great museums, the Louvre, you know, the Prado here, you know, whatever, uh, MoMA, whatever it is, um, you know, typically when you've got these, you know, like the Picasso sitting there or the Mona Lisa or whatever it is you're looking at, you know, you're, it's behind glass, it's protected uh, for obvious reasons, and, uh, you know, but so you're standing at a distance from it. And so only people like, you know, the, the, the actual, you know, people that work at the museum, you know, the, the, that do the restoration and such, you know, are, can get up close to an art and see the brush strokes and see, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so what they've done here is this is an AR, you know, type of, of app. Uh, you know w what they call X-ray type or, or infrared type uh, features um, that are layered into this that allow you to hold up your phone or, or a piece of artwork like this in a gallery, and actually see you know the brush strokes up close, and actually see even the original sketch that the artist did underneath it. Like you can drill down layer after layer after layer, you know, through this you know you know these these pieces of art and so 14 of the masterpieces that are in the gallery are 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 uh, enabled in this way uh this is this is amazing stuff i love it um anyhow so if 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 you have a chance if you're in spain uh and and you can get to the uh museo del prado uh i encourage you to check it out and if you've done this already you know like rob said on the other, on the previous uh um, solution we were talking about, um, you know, come come on, tell us about it. Tell us about the experience. Uh, share your experience around using this. We'd love to hear about it. That's this. This is a perfect example of how great this technology is. It brings this kind of detail, this kind of information down. And and I'm not an art guy. My wife is an, not an art guy. She's an 
she's an art girl, an art lady, and, and she really understands this and appreciates this and would have loved something like this in school. Uh, yeah, and sorry, just just one other thing I should point out. It, it, it's iOS only. Uh, it's it's three ninety nine uh, to to uh, to buy this app. I think worth it if you're if you're into art and you want to experience it this way. And there's a whole bunch of social features in here too. So like whatever you're experiencing, you can share it on Facebook and Twitter and via email. And they even have a capability where you can you can take what you're looking at and project it onto a larger screen like a TV or or you know something else you know like like let's say you're you know at a school where they're teaching art and you know things like that I mean this is crazy stuff I love it way cool yeah if you like some more information I guess you go to secondcanvas.net and then you can get yes. a product tour there as well so secondcanvas.net all right one more story one more story man well this is uh, I think you saved the best for last uh, we're gonna be talking about this a little bit later this is everybody knows uh, we all know about Nivea as a brand that saves our skin or sometimes makes it look younger and more malleable see that <laughs> but their most recent print advertising campaign takes protecting our children's skin to the next level this is very this is amazing so this is, uh, this is the uh, Sun brand uh, campaign, and it's a magazine ad that has a child tracking bracelet that is actually part of, uh, part of the ad. It's a perforation that you, you basically rip off and you attach it to your child's wrist. It does not protect them against the sun, but what it does do with its companion mobile application that you download is actually put a perimeter around with which that, that uh, child cannot walk past. So it literally says, "Listen, you download it, you put it on, you put it, uh, the the uh, bracelet on your kid's wrist. You download the application, you activate them by just a simple code, and then what what it says is, how far away would you like to be alerted when if the child travels this far? How far would you, would that be? What's the perimeter for the child? And then when the kid moves beyond that, say 10 feet or 20 feet away from you, then an alarm goes off and it points you in the direction. And as you walk towards a child." you get closer and it's all displayed on the smartphone this is an amazing technology we're going to see a little bit more about this we're going to talk a lot about this but uh, they say it's reusable and uh, of course if you're on the beach it's got to be humidity resistant i don't know if it's water resistant but this is a really amazing example of how print advertisements can now become come to life as a result of mobile. Yeah, and it uses Bluetooth uh, beacon yeah. technology. Uh, it's the stick and find uh, technology that powers this. Uh, we've talked about those guys on the show before. In fact, I think I've showed stick and find you have. Uh, technology on the show before. Um, so, yeah, I love how this has come together. Uh, you know, great work, uh, Nivea, on, on seeing the value here and, and, and making this, this happen in print and, and the real world. I, I mean, this is this is perfect. We're going to talk about this. I mean, our three stories. Those are the top ten of this week. If you have a better story than that, then it is be it, you have to tell us. So please reach out, robertontether.tv or safeatthealvma.com, and we will run that story. But those are ten amazing stories. We're going to take a look at three of these and their concepts. We're going to talk about how location plays into social commerce with that Twitter, Amazon kind of relationship that is emerging. We're going to talk about excess inventory with pair up and the print to mobile to location movement, which we're starting to see with Nivea as we just explained in that story. But before we do that, man, before we do that, I got to talk about the fact that we believe in this value for value model. And that's why we love Patreon.com. And that's why we have set up a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash untether. 
We'll thank you so much for those of you who have actually supported the site. All 16 of you, we really appreciate the fact that you are taking money out of your pocket and putting it into ours. And it is going directly into the show. You'll start to see improvements as a result of this small investment that people have made in the way that the show looks, the way that the show sounds. And we really, really, really appreciate it. And if you found value as a result of this show, if you've learned something and you think that it's worth something, why not go to patreon.com forward slash untether? Leave us a couple of bucks. We'll continue doing the show whether you do that or not. But it just, it's a great, you know, uh, it allows us to build in new features, new functions, new designs, new audio, new video, upgrades, a, you know, a Seif's internet connection so he doesn't look like a blurry blob, <laughs> you know? <laughs> These are the kind of things that 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 Patreon can help us do. And uh, if you can't afford it, whatever, man, come back. That's another uh, way that we, uh, we we judge our success here is how many times you guys come back. So if you can, go to patreon.com forward slash untether, and we will be forever grateful, please. And if you are actually somewhere and you have contributed to our Patreon account and we're on stage somewhere, put your hand up and say, hey, Rob, hey, Asif. I give you money, and I'll race down there. I don't know about a seat, but I'll race down there and give you a big hug. Bear hugs. Bear hugs. Patreon.com forward slash untether. What about this damn book? We do have a book. We do. Uh, it's coming. I believe so. It's called People, Places, Media. And if you just go to peopleplacesmedia.com, you can sign up, and uh, you can get the first chapter for free. And, and, and I promise, I promise, Rob, we will have this chapter out before the end of the month. Come on. How's that? Well, I'm hoping that we can have a couple of these. We just keep rolling with the chapters. We'll do this like yeah. a serial novel, like a you know a Stephen King. We'll we'll like leave it. We'll leave you suspended, like a to be continued cliffhanger every chapter. There you go. And it's gonna be like, will they release one or won't they? Will they or won't they? Yeah. All right, two places to go: Patreon.com/slash/untether and PeoplePlacesMedia.com. All right, onto our three stories this eve. Uh, our first one we're gonna really take a little uh, dive into is. This whole Twitter and Amazon relationship, this is something that is very intriguing. The, the commercial capability of such a pervasive and mobile communications tool as Twitter is. But I want to know how location plays into this social commerce thing. So the way I understand what Amazon is doing and Twitter is doing is that Amazon's kind of bot basically push, push, pushes out um, a bunch of deals or a bunch of products with the, the hashtags. And then if you want that product, you reply with that hashtag and it's and it puts it into your cart and then it starts that whole transaction. I mean, Amazon we've known forever is a company that is trying to, their only goal is getting product into cart the fastest way possible. And here's another example of that. But what are they doing? What are they not doing enough of? Because I don't believe that these tweets are contextualized to my preferences nor my location. And I think that there's a huge opportunity to add that layer to these tweets that would actually make it much more valuable than random products. Don't you? Yeah, I, I think so. But, but you know, let me, let me take it back a couple layers first. So, you know, first of all, th this, this partnership, um, you know, I think it's great. I, I think it's interesting, uh, and I think it's 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 going to be successful for both parties. For sure. But this is not the first time we've seen this kind of of relationship, right? So, you know, in China, you know, Weibo and Alibaba, you know, have done exactly this. Yep. Uh, Weibo being, you know, China's version of Twitter, uh, and Alibaba being, you know, the Amazon. Um, so, you know, we've seen this kind of thing before. Chirpify, you know, has has been, uh, you know, enabling purchases here in North America uh, via Twitter. Um, you know, so this ability to buy directly from Twitter is not a new thing. You know, what's missing to to your point is 
is location, right? Um, but but I think it's interesting because when we're talking about e-commerce, uh, you, you know, and companies like Amazon and Weibo, you know, what is location, right? Because you know they they don't care in that in that con in, in many respects because it's not like you know they're trying to drive you to a store. Uh, you know, they just want you to buy it regardless of where you are. Um, you know, and and drive more sales. But I think location's interesting in the, in the sense that if you can factor in social signals um, and you understand based on you know reading you know semantics you know of uh, of what's being said in tweets and things like that, um, and you can you can determine location, you can determine context. Uh, you know, in terms of the language of what people are talking about, then you can start to make recommendations on products that actually make sense instead of just pushing stuff out that you're, you know, you're trying to get rid of. Um, you, you know, and I think that's where location becomes relevant is, is when you start to understand, you know, okay, there's a group of people that are here in this particular place right now in this particular situation that can really use this particular product, um, you know, based on what we see them talking about. Um, and I think that's the opportunity that's that's kind of missed here, and 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 how I see you know sort of location around this. The other piece of it is is you know uh, at the Kelsey event that I was at um, this morning on my on my talk, one of the questions that I was asked by uh, by Mike Bull and the Kelsey analyst was you know what about um, you know is Facebook the sleeping giant was the question you know around you know with friends nearby and you know all of that and and sort of looking at social and location and my response was you know I I don't think so but but what what I do think is is that um, you know there's this huge gap between the investments we make on growing our following on Twitter and Facebook as a brand uh, um, you know in terms of you know how many people are following us and and the gap being that we don't then look at that you know the, at these people you know the, the million people who say that there are fans on Facebook and understand physically where they are right now and how we actually drive them to conversion based on that you know on, on that presence data maybe friends nearby you know in the Facebook sense can help that maybe Twitter's location protocols will start to you know you know make that more effective but there's a, still a big gap there um, and and I don't think it's going to close too quickly you know, remember we talked a couple of episodes ago about uh, Twitter acquiring Gnip, Nip, Gnip. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that would have been, uh, you know, those guys hold the key to be able to make this Amazon relationship a success, right? So if they're going to license that data to a retailer like Amazon, then all of a sudden you've got a great story. And maybe you have that contextual, that location, because you have the access to that huge funnel of data yeah. that comes in through Twitter. So, uh, you know, who knows? But, uh, uh, you know, I wonder if Amazon was in on that. They should have been bidding on a company like Gnip in order to be able to make this that effective. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, and I think in a non-Amazon context, I think Twitter should should enable, you know, this kind of purchasing, you know, capability to yes. to bricks-and-mortar retailers. Yeah, I and, and I think it should be location-based in the context of, you know, buy your product and then, you know, go pick it up at, at the store. Right, uh, you know, sort of, sort of buy, reserve, whatever, um, you know. But being able to drive traffic, you know, should be a uh, a factor that Twitter looks at in terms of how it monetizes. Um, and I think you know retailers w would jump all over it, um, you know, if they had the chance to. So you know, I don't think this should be an, an, an Amazon or e-commerce only thing. I think there should also be you know bricks and mortar opportunities here.
Well, that speaks very well to the resource that uh, you've chosen around uh, the impact of local search and yeah. uh, and visits inside of uh, real bricks and mortars stores. So we'll come to that in a second. But you know, Amazon just do, doing it again. This is not innovative. They just make it sound innovative, right? Uh, Twitter and Amazon just basically emulating. They got China. really good PR people. They do, man. <laughs> they do drones. 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 Yeah. Come on. Well, this is uh, this is certainly we're going to start to see this play out in a lot more uh, social networks. Facebook, obviously, and Facebook has tried. Uh, you know, as you said, Facebook's tried this. A lot of companies have tried this before. What makes Amazon so special? It's just a goddamn special company. Like, come on, come on, Twitter. You know, there's a lot of conversation around the growth stalling or stagnating or not growing as fast as as they had anticipated. Um, they they've they're turning on revenue and they're doing a damn fine job of it. And in, in, uh, and maybe there's a deeper partnership with uh, not only Amazon but as you said, other bricks and mortar uh, retailers. It, it, this is going to be fascinating to watch, fun to watch. All right. Second story we're looking up and looking at is this company called PairUp, which is, uh, if you've forgotten already, shame on you, which is uh, this application that is going to take excess inventory, excess food inventory from restaurants and from grocery stores and sell it at a discounted rate so we don't, uh, you know, discard it, throw it all away. Uh, as we do, like $175 billion a year of food where the food gets thrown away. So uh, this g plays very well into our concept of excess inventory. We've talked about this where you're at a store, you're, I mean, you're at a uh, restaurant, you're in a show, you're at a hockey or a football or a sporting event. Uh, that seat goes unused. You're on an airplane. That seat goes unused. It goes unused. It's lost revenue. It, in fact, it's costing you that seat, that empty seat. So you do anything to do in order to be able to get some, recoup some of that cost. And here's a company called PairUp that is taking excess inventory to the food stands, which is unbelievably smart and so stupidly simple. Let's see if again I sit here and I say, what are two smart guys like you and I not coming up with this kind of idea? Yeah, <sighs> I mean, it's just, it, it, it's simple and it's uh, it's so powerful in terms of what they're going to do here. And, uh, you know, I when I read it um, and, and I started drilling into it, I, I kind of looked in and going, you know, this is the kind of thing Groupon should have been doing. <laughs> You know what I mean? That, that was my initial reaction to this was like, why didn't Groupon do this? Yeah. Um, but, you know, they still it, may. what's that? They still I mean, may. they still could. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. But, you know, this is this, this is just brilliant stuff. Um, you know, I think the one thing that, um, you know, I see missing from this is, you know, where, where's the charitable piece? Uh, to I was going to ask, right? yeah. Where's the, you know, the homeless people that, you know, get some of this food that normally would have been, you know, thrown out today. You know, restaurants that you know do make an effort to, uh, you know, to help out homeless and, and other people uh, in a different way. Is, is is there a component that can be built into pair up that will support this, or does a portion of revenue go to support charities? You know, in this area, or, you know, what have you? So, um, you know, I, I think that you know that would add so much more to this. But on its own, it's just it's, it's brilliant as it is. What was that company that we talked about that um, it wasn't high? Was it high.co? It was some other company that we talked about that that actually allowed you to sponsor directly to a homeless person in San Francisco. Do you remember what the, mm. the company was? Um, there's there's got to be that kind of integration with with this because pair up one thing. It, it's it's to commercialize the uncommercializable, right? So it's if you're going to throw it away, you might as well make a little bit of money out of it instead of uh, just just tossing it. Um, but you're right. That, that charitable component is so damn important here. Uh, yeah. Not only to ease our mind, but also to to prove to us that we're not as greedy as we think we are, right? So we're going to take you know a, a four day old cabbage with a little bit of rot and sell it for a discount. Um, <laughs> you know, I you know, 
there, there's a balance here between charity and revenue and uh, they really have a great opportunity the story is so great if you go to pairup.com the website is beautiful it tells this great story but what is missing is that whole uh, hey we're also going to take 10% of the food that is wasted and we're going to buy it and we're going to distribute it to local uh, food shelters uh, in order to yeah. be able to get it yeah. out of the way. And if they did that. I mean, and, and to give these guys credit, I mean, this is brilliant. They haven't even launched yet. Yeah. We're already criticizing uh, so them. Let's, right? let's nice. get in the market, please, and then figure out, you know, uh, what they can do with some of this uh, this money. And, and, and I'm, I'm sure some of these guys are going to, you know, as they start going and selling this to some of these retailers and, and restaurant chains, you know, it's going to come up. Yeah. Um, so. But I don't want to be critical because I think it's amazing. Yeah, exactly. How can we always go to the criticism, right? I love this idea and I'm sitting here. Forget the criticism. Come on. The, the other thing is that it sucks. Because, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm angry because I, I didn't think of this, right? And uh, I, 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 I can't wait to see this launch and pair up. If you're listening to this, hopefully you are. Um, take this with a grain of salt. We're not criticizing you. What we're trying to do is actually we're killing ourselves because this is a great idea. And uh, we'd love to have you on the show. So reach out, please. Pairup.com. Excess inventory. Uh, what else? You guys out there, Asif, man, what else is there that has excess inventory? Now, I look around my uh, my office, and I'm like, you know what? Light, or, or you know, I've got a, a washing machine in my house that never is used, right? It's used maybe four times a week or, you know, for a couple of hours. Who wants to rent out my washing machine? I'll sell it to you. Wait, they have laundromats for that, eh? They do. Damn. Anyway, pairup.com, excess inventory. Love it. God, love it. There you go. It's been the consistent in all four, three and a half years we've been doing this. Excess inventory has been always there. It, we're always marveling at some of the greatest innovations there. All right. This last story, Asif, man. Nivea. What the what? <laughs> um, What's, what was the agency that did this? Do you know who did this? Uh, Whoever they are. I don't know, actually. Come on. I, we're oh, so sorry. Uh, FC, FCB did it in Brazil. FCB Brazil. Yeah. These guys, FCB, bow your heads to FCB. The whole idea that they take a simple, dumb ad, which everybody says is dead, and they do something like this to a brand that has nothing to do with child finding or child minding or technology, for that matter, and to be able to do something like this with Bluetooth. Um, in order to be able to reinforce the brand of, uh, you know, this brand in Nivea that protects your children's skin. We care about skin. your skin and we care about your kids. Awesome. I don't even Come know what on. else to say. But this, this is a movement. This has to be, people have to be looking at this now and thinking, oh my God, a stupid QR code will not suffice anymore. Right? Like, the, like this, this elevates the game for print advertising. It does. I mean, and we've talked before about, you know, uh, you know, elevating print, you know, using AR, using other things. But the fact that this is a physical piece. Yeah. Reusable. You, you know, you break out of the, the, the thing, you, you put it on your, you know, on your kid as a bracelet. It's reusable, um, you know, potentially, uh, you know, down the road, I assume, because, you know, this is an app that you, you download that's connected to this thing. That app could, you know, have new functionality added to it that can allow it to do other things down the road, not just track your kid. So, I mean, this this could be a multi-purpose, you know, vehicle for, um, you know, let's just get, you know, it, it's like, it, you know, okay, so, so it's, it's like Gillette, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, we got this thing called a razor, but we really want to sell you blades, right? So, so let's just give you the bracelet. Let's just give you the razor um, and let's see what else we can sell you on top of that. I love it. 
But that point, right? So how many of us have gone to a website of a brand or we've uh, gone to a, uh, we've seen an ad and it says, hey, download our app, download our app, right? We go to a yeah. website, a mobile website, and that little stupid, annoying banner at the top says, hey, did you know we have an app? 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 This is another way of saying, hey, listen, we have an app and we're going to give you enough value prove that it's valuable in order for you to be able to download the application. You're going to mm -hmm. want to down it. You're not going to force it down the throat. And I think that is unbelievable. What an experience this has created. People download that app. Why? Because there's benefit. They can protect their children. They can track their kids. And oh, by the way, you're right. The Trojan horse on the on the phone now is that, hey, you've downloaded the Nivea app. Here you God, go. freaking brilliant. Who is this company? What are they called? <laughs> FCB Brazil. FCB Brazil. Everyone else, you should all be ashamed. FCB Brazil, my new heroes. Shame. But uh, so I gotta like, do we see this like this whole print to mobile trans transition and then into location? This is very contextual, right? So it's it's about we know you've bought. You're gonna you know you might be at a beach. You understand Nivea is this for you know your skin, and then we're gonna augment that experience on the beach with your kids and with our other products. Uh, so contextually, is that yeah. we're gonna start to I see mean, this I, much more? But it's that for me, it's the Trojan horse here yeah. too, right? It, it, it's you know think about this, right? So this is about you know the brand. It's about kids. It's about skin. It's about safety. It's about a whole bunch of things initially. Mm -hmm. Right. But what's to say that, you know, they don't then launch, you know, in the app, you know, a game for the kids to play while they're on the beach, you know, that involves Navia's brand. Like, for example, what we talked about with McDonald's uh, in Singapore and the NFC table thing, right, where they're building these branded games. You know, that's interesting, you know, or, you know, location based, you know, uh, offers alerts. Hey, you know, um, you need to buy some more, uh, you know, skincare product or whatever. You happen to be near the, the drugstore right now. You know, here's an offer, you know, deliver through your Nivea app, right? I mean, all that becomes possible now. But even if you take it to that ex extent, right, you've got location, uh, you know uh, where they are, that person is at any given point in time, then they fly to Florida. Notification pops up. You know, we have a high UV rating today. You're, exactly. you're from, you know, pale-faced white guy from Ottawa. You're going to Florida. You're going from minus 20 to plus 30. Hey, now here's a notification. Here's the closest store. Here's a discount. Go and buy it. Or have it delivered yeah. even to your hotel room, right? Like, yeah. there's just so many things that it can and, be done. And, and one of the interesting things, I, I, I talked to, we, we have a couple of the big cosmetics companies, uh, our members, and I was talking to one of them. This a few That's why Asif looks so good on the camera. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's all that product, people, right? <laughs> um, but uh, I talked to one of these folks uh, back in, in the fall, and they were saying one of the things that they're, they struggle with is, you know, and this is, was high-end high cosmetics, you know, is a lot of tourists come into a place like New York from South America, you know, Russia, wherever, right? Potential customers, but they don't have any way of, of knowing when these people are in New York mm -hmm. um, and, and near a store um, because that data is just not there. But if you've got, you know, a branded app like this and you're tracking location, all of a sudden you can turn that on. You can say, hey, Boom! You know you're a Nivea. You know you're a Nivea guy or gal. Um, you know we got stuff for you. Uh, even though you've just traveled from you know Brazil and, and now you're in New York, we got we, we got stuff for you. Right to your point. Um, you know and 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 so this is a solve. You know not it doesn't hit everybody, but it's a solve. You know for for partially for that issue. Um, 
that they have in the industry. So yeah, it's cool. So this is, we, we've distilled it down to this, that this is the Trojan horse. This is just getting the app on the device by providing value. And this- Well this, done people, yes. well done. Oh my goodness. I'm in love with this. I just am, I just am, I could cry. All right, those are the three deep, I'm not going to, just so you know, but I could. And I'm wondering, does Nibby have anything for rough elbows? My elbows are a little rough, you know? Canadian winters. Hey, I use I use their shaving cream. Canadian winters. I love it. It's good stuff. Not so good. Uh, well, uh, those are the three stories. We talked about how location plays into social commerce. We're talking about excess inventory with pair up, and of course, this print to mobile to location movement that uh, the Nivea has done. Unbelievable! Great, great, great stories today. See, and the only thing we have left is this really weird stat. I did this mobile minute uh, with Chuck. If you haven't subscribed, you should just go to untether.tv and take a look at the mobile minute. And it's up there talking about how, uh, you know, showrooming isn't dead. In fact, what mobile has done is make people want to come into stores more. And uh, and it's kind of the exact opposite. Now, the experience inside of the store, as you've, we've shown here, needs to be really, really strong. But here's a, a uh, here's the results of a survey that talks about local searches leads 50% uh, of mobile users to visit stores. What the what? This yeah, is great. And it, and, yeah, this is amazing stuff. Uh, and it comes from Google. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, lot, obviously lots of data to back this uh, this stuff up. But some really interesting things in here. Um, uh, uh, one of the graphs is the um, consumer behavior before visiting store and while in store. One in three searches on a smartphone occur right before a consumer visits a store. 15% of in-store activities involving or involve conducting smartphone searches about a product or for price comparison. I mean, so like like really really solid data here, um, you know. And, and the the one you pointed out, fifty percent of um, uh, of all mobile searches, uh, you know, you know, lead users to actually go to visit a store. I mean, that's crazy stuff. Versus kind of uh, you know the typical computer, which only converts at a third, or tablets only converted at a third. So the, the tablet really has become that that layback mobile or e-commerce experience. But when you want people to go to the store, it's obvious that they're on their smartphone. It's obvious mm -hmm. they're on their device because guess what? It's the most mobile of devices. Ding ding yeah. ding ding ding. Yeah, and then uh, you know, and and the, there's some great location data in here too. So um, they basically say that. Um, Location-based ads lead customers to visit stores or make purchases. 32% uh, of folks uh, visited a store and made a purchase. 19% made an unplanned visit to a store or made a purchase based on a search, uh, and tied to you know proximity to that to that store. Uh, so, so really, really crazy stuff. 67% um, of smartphone users, 72% of computer or tablet users, want their ads customized to their city or zip code. Right, sixty-one percent of them want their ads customized to their immediate surroundings. There's opportunity all over the place for this. There's huge, right? I mean, this is all about location. So where uh, where can we find this? Uh, on the thelbma.com forward slash research page, it will be posted there. Wicked, wicked! What a great resource! What a great way to end a great show! Great, 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 great! Uh, if you have any feedback about what, how we're doing here, please reach out, robin.tv or asif at the lbma.com. You can always uh, track us down on Twitter at Rob Woodbridge or Asif Arkan at Asif Arkan. Of course, there's many, many other ways. Just do a Google search for us and you'll find us on tether.tv or the lbma.com is a good place to start as well. Uh, Asif, anything else for the show? That's all I got. We are done. Man, a very efficient, tight package. 181 in the books. We will be back next week for episode number 182 on that steady climb to episode 200, the week of September 19th, around that time, 
marketing your calendars. I don't know what we're doing, but marketing your calendars. <laughs> All right, Hasif, have a great week. For those of you who are watching, listening, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, thank you for tuning in. We will see you once again next week. Later. <laughs>